Free from GP, Rantut, Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets. These are voices for the people that don't get to speak. Issues, black news, the conversation's deep. Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat. iPods, Androids, or your laptop. These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie. Then came a long way from being homies on the block. From Afros and Braids, and now they at the top. You want facts? This is where I get them from. GP3, RTT at gmail.com. Send them feedback, and they'll be sure to send a response. I gotta go now. The show starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? GP3 round 140 is in the building. Tommy B is here. Hope y'all are doing well. It is round 140. I cannot believe, man. It's round 140, man. I just can't believe it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Hope y'all are well. Um, got a guest coming up, and actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chat with her in just a few minutes. I, I do want to just shout out all the folks um, who've been checking out GP3 Live on castropolis.net. Thank you so much for listening. We are here. And uh, you can always check us out live every Sunday, GP3. Uh, just go to castropolis.net, click the listen live, and we are good to go. Uh, you can always do that. Um, also, a- as you know, we do the show every single week. Started off uh, GP3 back in 2016. I started off with Ran and Tut. We both, we all started doing the show uh, as GP3. That's why it's called GP3. GP stands for Grove Park. Basically, we graduated from Grove Park Elementary School back in 1977. And uh, Rand grew up on South Elizabeth Place, Tut on Charlotte Place, and I was on North Avenue. So, and uh, this week, Tanya B is not, not in the building. Tanya B is off. Um, so, I'll kick some shout outs in a few minutes, do some 365 black, and we're going to have a guest coming up as well. So, um, you know, hang with me. I appreciate it. We'll we'll knock it out real quick. And after me, uh, we've got the uh, Reading News Review coming up as well. So all good. All good. Hey, um, I got to, you know, just going into shout outs, I got to do some shout outs. Uh, Definitely shout out uh, NBA draft. And, you know, I'm a big sports fan. Love the NBA. Love this time of year. Love the finals. Um, got to shout out, uh, my folks in New Orleans, they got Zion. Uh, I don't believe he's going to be the savior <laughs> of the franchise, but at least I think when it comes down to, to what he contributes, uh, to the league and for his own career and at least making the team a better team, um, that's going to happen. Um, also, um, big shout out. I know I'm hard on the Atlanta Hawks, but I, I got to shout them out. And and just say kudos to Atlanta. Probably one of the best drafts the Atlanta Hawks have had in years. I, I don't know all the guys they drafted, but I do know they got they got some key players. They got one player that can actually run the court, control the court, uh, which they needed um, with Trey. Uh, so now I think these guys might really be a true contender. So, you know, the Atlanta Hawks are true players, true contenders. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. So looking forward, uh, to the Hawks this NBA season and we'll see what's up. Okay. Also, um, 365 black, let's get into it a little bit this weekend. I know y'all follow celebrity birthdays. So I'm going, I'm going to kick a few celebrity birthdays, um, this weekend, uh, actually today, uh, as we tape the podcast, um, Randy Jackson is 63, June 24th, uh, actress Mindy Kaling is 39. Um, on June 25th, um, the late George Michael would have been 56. Uh, June 25th, Anthony Bourdain would have been 63. June 25th, uh, happy birthday to Steph Curry's dad, Dale Curry, turns 54. Y'all Ariana Grande fans, get ready. June 26th, she turns 25. June 26th, Michael Vick, still mad about Michael Vick, turns 38. Uh, June 27th, her turns 21. Damn, I thought she was older. She's only 21. June 27th, uh, Khloe Kardashian is 34. On the 27th, Tobey Maguire, my favorite Spider-Man, is 43. On the 28th, y'all, Pam for Martin uh, turns 49. And 
And on the 29th, uh, Kawhi Leonard from the Raptors. I know he's still on a high. Uh, he turns 27. So Kawhi Leonard turns 27. And in history this week, y'all, uh, track legend Wilma Rudolph was born uh, on June 23rd on this day in 1940. Uh, June 24th, uh, Booker T. Washington became the first African-American to receive an honorary degree from Harvard. And on June 29th, Motown Records was sold, uh, was sold uh, back in 1988 on June 29th uh, to an investment group. So, you know, that's a little history. Little 365 Black and some birthdays and stuff for y'all to celebrate the week. The week. Um, and uh, kudos to all those good folks. And uh, just, a, just a few things that are light. I'm waiting on my guest to get in here, so I'm trying to stall to see if, see if she can make it. Uh, GP3 uh, Light, just a few things. Um, I don't know if y'all have been hearing about this Jesse Smollett trial, man. Jesse Smollett looks like um, a new judge has gotten involved, and they are actually ordering a special prosecutor to get involved in this. And, and this ain't good news for Jesse. Um, the special prosecutor, uh, Judge Michael Tuman went off on Kim Fox, uh, said that she mishandled the prosecution. And, and it looks to be that this is the first step in what really will become a full-blown probe um, into the whole case again and, and definitely into Fox's office. And, and you know it's bad when the judge says that um, this, um, he uses the terms unprecedented irregularities. That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign for Kim Fox. And it ain't a good sign for Jesse. Things don't look good. I think, um, I think this whole thing is going to be reversed and it's going to get ugly. Okay. Also, I had a chance to go to the movies. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, for, I, I, I went to the movies. I, I don't get out that much to go to the movies lately. I haven't more production than anything, but um, I, I did go to see the shaft sequel. I know it has not been getting really it didn't do well at the box office. So I just wanted to see, OK, how bad is this and or what's going on? But actually, it, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, if you saw The Shaft, the remake that was done, uh, that was actually presented and, and available. Uh, I think director John Singleton did it. The first the, the last remake with uh, uh, Samuel Jackson. Um, this was different. It's done by Tim Story. Uh, Tim's done Barbershop, Taxi, Fantastic Four. He's done two of the Fantastic Fours. Um, Think Like a Man series, Ride Along. So, so it's more comedic. Plus, you got Kendra Barris involved in it, produced it. Uh, you know, Kendra Barris uh, from Blackish. Uh, of course, Samuel Jackson, Regina Hall, Jesse Usher, Richard Roundtree, Richard Roundtree. So, bottom line is, it's more it's it's more of a funny take. Uh, versus the one with Christian Bale and and the one that was more serious with 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 Peoples, you know, with Tiger Wu, um, you know. So so this more this one's more funny. It's funnier, okay. So and it's got a heck of a soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack uh, is 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 hilarious. It's crazy. It's good. It's good. A lot of '90s, '80s music and some '70s music. So it, it's a it's a good kind of a flashback thing. So y'all check it out if you haven't had a chance to see it. Uh, don't worry about the critics. I recommend, I definitely recommend y'all go see it. Go check out Shaft, okay? Um, also, um, Anthony Anderson is back uh, on Netflix. Uh, if y'all saw the movie Beats, I, I've had a chance. I checked it out. It's not too bad. Uh, I know, the, the again, the critics beat up a lot of the Netflix movies. Um, uh, if you like uh, kind of coming-of-age movies that involve music, um, this one's not bad. I mean, it's not hustle and flow, but it's still a pretty good movie. Uh, it's directed by Chris Robinson. Uh, it stars, uh, let's see here, uh, of course, Anthony Anderson. And what happens is my man actually is a musical prodigy, experiences a trauma, which I won't tell you because it kind of it may spoil the movie for you. But check it out. Um, and it's based in Chicago. So I know if you're from Chicago or if you live in Chicago, you'll enjoy it. A lot of a uh, lot of good Chicago references and scenery right there. OK, definitely check that out on Netflix. All right. Uh, we're going to get into some headlines with 
Syracuse Mike, and I'll be back right after this. The mayor of Phoenix is apologizing to the city after a viral video that showed police pointing their guns and threatening to shoot a 22-year-old father who was with his pregnant fiance and two young daughters. Police say they were investigating allegations that one of the kids had shoplifted a doll from a family dollar store. The parents say they were unaware that one of their daughters took the doll. There is now an internal police probe, a $10 million civil rights claim, and a huge response on social media. Saudi Arabia has joined the U.S., Israel, and the U.K. in blaming Iran for attacks on two commercial oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman last week. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the U.S. will do what they need to to make sure global shipping routes are safe. Pompeo was asked again this weekend about a video that appears to show Iran removing evidence of an attack. That's what that video is. This was taken from an American camera. This is the real data. And what about legal authorization to take action if needed? We, we always have the authorization to defend American interests. Pompeo on CBS's Face the Nation. Gloria Vanderbilt has died. Her son, Anderson Cooper, narrated the recorded tribute to his mom for CNN that aired this morning. She was the strongest person I've ever met, but she wasn't tough. She never developed a thick skin to protect herself from hurt. She wanted to feel it all. She wanted to feel life's pleasures, its pains as well. The legendary socialite designer and heiress died of stomach cancer at her home in Manhattan. Gloria Vanderbilt was 95. The Supreme Court has ruled against the Republican-led Virginia House of Delegates in a racial gerrymandering case that is a victory for state Democrats. In the 5-4 to four ruling, the justices found that the House didn't have the standing to appeal a lower court ruling that found that the new district maps must be used ahead of statewide elections later this year. Those new maps are already in use. Basically, this means court-ordered maps that favor Democrats will stay in place. A victory parade for the Toronto Raptors turned violent Monday. The shooting left four people hit. Two of them were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Two people were also taken into custody. And two firearms were recovered, according to police. Shots were fired near Nathan Phillips Square, the final destination for a parade that included the players on five double-decker buses. About two million fans were on hand to celebrate, according to Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which owns the Raptors. The NBA team beat Golden State to grab Canada's first major professional sports championship since Toronto won the World Series in 1993. A thousand more troops are headed to the Middle East. Acting U.S. Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan made the announcement for what he said were defensive purposes, citing concerns about a threat from Iran. Also on Monday, Iran said it plans to take steps that would violate the 2015 nuclear deal, which had agreed to freeze its weapons program. Trump administration pulled out of that deal, but other countries stayed in. The U.S. reacted to Iran's efforts to get a better deal from the European Union. We should not yield to nuclear extortion by the Iranian regime. That State Department spokesperson, Morgan Ortegas. There should be no relieving of sanctions for their malign and unacceptable behavior. U.S. troops are being sent to the Middle East in response to last week's attacks on oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman. One of President Trump's closest former aides, Hope Hicks, repeatedly refused to answer questions Wednesday during an interview with congressional investigators. Hicks brought along a group of lawyers who carefully orchestrated her responses. Democratic Congressman Ted Hicks said, It's very important for the American people to know what happened during the time when Donald Trump actually was president. Other Democrats said that Hicks's responses to questions from members of the House Judiciary Committee who are trying to determine whether Mr. Trump broke the law were restricted to the point of absurdity. Republican Doug Collins was asked, did they hear anything new? No, we're not. We're hearing a dramatic reading of the Mueller report, but nothing new. President Trump says millions of people living in the country illegally will be deported. He also held a rally in Florida last night to launch his re-election bid. Mr. Trump said U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, also known as ICE, would begin the process of removing the millions of illegal aliens who found their way into the United States starting next week. ICE doesn't typically announce enforcement operations before they occur. Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden is standing firm and refusing to apologize over comments earlier this week, highlighting his ability to work with two segregationist Southern senators decades ago in order to get things done. Supporters say he was taken out of context. And Biden says apologize for what? Highlighting his long record on civil rights. 
Presidential rival Kamala Harris says if those men had their way, she wouldn't be in the Senate right now. And added about Biden's comments. I think um, it's just it's misinformed and it's wrong. Presidential candidate Cory Booker, who was also critical of Biden, appeared this week at a House hearing on slavery reparations. I am brokenhearted and angry right now. Decades of living in a community where you see how deeply unfair this nation is still to so many people. The hearing was tied to newly proposed legislation that would study the consequences of slavery and help make recommendations for reparations. Reparations is an idea based on financial compensation to the descendants of slaves. Controversial Alabama Judge Roy Moore says he's running for the Senate again in 2020. Moore lost in the deeply red state in 2017 amid allegations of past sexual misconduct with young girls. Many Republicans fear he is the only candidate that would almost certainly lose to Democratic incumbent Doug Jones. President Trump is remaining low-key about Iran's downing of a U.S. military surveillance drone on Thursday, saying he suspected it was shot down by mistake and that it would make a big difference to him if the remotely controlled aircraft had been manned. There is speculation, though, that the U.S. is planning some sort of retaliation. President Trump says he aborted a planned strike on Iran to spare lives. In a series of early morning tweets, the president said economic sanctions against Iran were having an impact and more were imposed late Thursday following the destruction of a U.S. drone by an Iranian surface-to-air missile. Mr. Trump said the plan was to hit three different sites, but he was told 150 people would have died. Iranian officials also said today that Trump wants talks instead of war. Iran has not been positive about the prospects of talk. Two people who did talk this week are Joe Biden and Cory Booker. The private conversation took place Wednesday night after both men called for the other one to apologize for comments related to Biden's remarks at a New York fundraiser, recalling that at least there was some civility when he worked with segregationists in the Senate. According to one report, the two had a polite conversation. And you may have been one of the over 38 million people who, during the past few years, saw a video by Bishop Bullwinkle. His song, Hell to the Nah Nah Nah, created quite a buzz on YouTube. Bullwinkle, whose real name is Bernard Thomas, died over the weekend at the age of 70. All right, y'all. Thank you so much, Mike. Is my guest there? Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Shannon Marguerite, y'all. Uh, Shannon is um, a, an, I guess the best way to put it, you'd be an adoptee advocate. Would that be? Yes, that it? would be. And yes. uh, she's got a new podcast, um, the State of the Ward podcast. We're going to talk about that in just a few. But but one of the things, Shannon, you're um, you're a vet, correct? You were you were in military, right? Yes. So, yes, so, I am. So let me ask you, I mean, you know, I. The, the whole Iran thing, the, the, the tanker, uh, the troops, uh, the shooting down of the drone. What do you think? Where, where are we headed? Where are we headed with this? You know, my stance on that is um, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I like to see peace. I also work for the VA and I'm responsible for um, viewing claims and looking at claims at certain stages. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, troops come back and they become veterans, that's basically the customers of the VA. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things is I look at all of the conditions that veterans have when they come back and, You know, my mindset is to try to avoid certain things happening. Nobody wants war. I hope I, I, no, nobody does. And I think that, you know, if we could just come to some type of peace, because the things that are happening now are just unnecessary, Mm, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A couple of other things. um, and, and, And again, thanks to Syracuse Mike, who does our news report every week. Um, the shoplifting thing in Phoenix, uh, just crazy. And, and one of the things this points out to me is that you can't trust until you see the video, until you see body cam, it's becoming harder and harder uh, to trust the word of law enforcement. And, you know, it was interesting the way the whole thing was positioned 
before the video and audio and then after the video and audio to the point where the mayor had to come out and apologize. And now there's a like a $10 million lawsuit that's pending that the family's using. So, um, you know, you just, you know, more and more, it's just amazing when, uh, you know, law enforcement comes out and says one thing, and then you've got video and audio that'll come out and just totally squash everything that they said, you know? So that's interesting. Um, any, anything on that? Any, any comment? Well, I'm just curious to want to know what happened before we had these video camps and what happens, (laughs) (laughs) what happens, you know, we've just started this whole technology with the video camps and I'm interested on, you know, how much more technology we're going to start to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know what happened. I mean, this, this goes back to like Rodney King Mm -hmm. and, and, um, you know, it, it hasn't gotten any better. Um, also, uh, just a quick blurb on on Gloria Vanderbilt. Uh, did you ever wear the Vanderbilt? <laughs> I know that's yeah, before I, your time, right? It is. <laughs> I am very familiar. Thank you very much. Um, that's that's you know very sad, and I think it was very interesting what Anderson Cooper said about his mom. Yeah, yeah. you know that you know that that's that's just amazing. I wasn't actually expecting to hear that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was just this just a very interesting perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the ice removals, uh, ice is is actually supposedly out in full force. Um, as we tape the podcast on today, um, ice is supposed to be doing raids. And, and um, you know, personally, and I think a lot of other folks are saying that it's political. Um, it's all based on the reelection campaign. Um, a lot of it is projected. I mean, ICE never projects when they're coming out or about to go get you. They just show up. And right. and that's the interesting thing about what's happening with these ICE raids is, you know, um, 45 is using it really to project and, and, and rev up his base. And a lot of people see that. It's just obvious. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I, I saw it was interesting on social media there are a lot of people um, who are advocates uh, for immigrants who are really giving them tips on how to deal with ICE. And, you know, they're ramping up legal defense. Um, I mean, it's got to be a crazy time if you're an immigrant right now with, with, with ICE. So, yeah. Well, I feel as though um, I would like to see um, them get their policies together. And I think once the policies are more structured mm-hmm. and the, you know, they've gone through the courts because, you know, one day the courts will say this and then they'll overturn this. But I think, <clears throat> excuse me, once that structure is down, mm-hmm. then after that, then let's look at not necessarily rating people, but let's look at being able to provide the assistance that they need. Because yeah, yeah. once, you know, once you raid them that, you know, they're automatically guilty. That's yeah. it. They're yeah. there and that's it. So I would like to see some structure of some policy. And I believe that it is a hundred percent, a hundred percent political because we weren't doing all, I'm sure we were doing these raids before, mm-hmm. but not in these massive amounts as when he first started. Yeah, true enough, true enough. And and you know what? I do think, uh, just on another note with Biden, and I know last week um, I mentioned the Biden-Warren ticket. So as soon as I say something positive about Joe Biden, (laughs) damn, dude, he just, I I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of what I'm going to, I mean, I'm I'm anticipating that the majority of the issues Joe Biden is going to have are going to be self-inflicted. Um, this whole thing with I, I, I understood his intent. Um, he was basically saying, I've been around a long time. Um, I've worked with a lot of people I don't agree with. But the whole thing was the segregationists that he mentioned weren't even Republicans. They were Democrats. One, and I'm in the state of Georgia, one is a well-known name, the Talmadge name in the state of Georgia. And the other thing is uh, him using the reference of boy, you know, they never called me boy. Well, you ain't black. (laughs) So it's like, you know, 
I, 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 Biden, you know, I know Simone Sanders, who was with Bernie, is 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 on his team, and and I really feel bad for Simone to a certain degree. It's like, damn, she just can't get on the right team. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, she's a hell of a talent, um, and you know, I think un- unfortunately for her, she's got to work a whole lot harder than she should on something that really shouldn't be in play right now. Um, this yeah. is Biden. And unfortunately, you know, I, I was watching this weekend, the, um, the South Carolina, uh, the uh, Democratic, I guess, you know, what is it? Clyburn was doing the fish fry. They're doing the whole uh, primary. Um, uh, what is it? Where the candidates are going up and, and giving their statements. And, and Biden, you know, just he, he was talking to Rev Al, and he refuses to uh, to apologize for it. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, and, and in the meantime, Warren continues, Elizabeth Warren continues to grow. You got any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I think that, you know, everything is going to be political at this point. And I do think that Joe Biden hasn't said certain things because I think that he's being very conscious of what he talks about. Um, if you can remember... In the beginning, all these women started to come out talking about, you know, how they made him feel uncomfortable. And he had to apologize for that. And he actually went above and beyond kind of in, you know, with him to kind of acknowledge that he did wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I think now it's interesting to see that all these things are coming into light. And he's I think that, you know, a lot of his support has kind of advised him what is a good way to apologize because if he was to apologize honestly that opens up a whole new thing they're yeah. already saying that you know i don't know if you saw where cory booker already basically denounced him and already said mm-hmm. you know already talked about racism and everything and race is a very is is i mean he's toting the line either way so yeah. i think that with time he may come back and actually say something well you know the whole thing with biden you got multiple things happening, you know, even going back to Anita Hill. And this doesn't help his situation. Um, so, it, you know, I'm, I'm, and Warren continues to grow. Do you, do you think Elizabeth Warren has a shot considering her growth? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's so crazy because, I will never make a statement of who I think could or who I could not because I would have never, if you would have said Trump was going to be president, I would have slept through the whole thing and would have said, that's absolutely crazy. However, you know, this is where we are. So I think the strategies are going to be very interesting. I would like to see, you know, the nomin, the person, you know, the people that are running for president. I would like to see them support each other as in bash each other, because Mm -hmm. that's how we always start off wrong. The Democratic Party always tends to bash each other Mm -hmm. instead of kind of going behind each other and supporting them. So it's going to be very interesting. Well, I think (laughs) the only way that if if they're talking about at least competing in the general with um, against who, who, you know, Trump is going to be the Republican, you know, uh, nominee without a doubt. I mean, nobody's Mm -hmm. going after him. Um, So the only way they can is to find a candidate who can truly compete. And even though, you know, I I mean, honestly, I like Warren. I mean, I like what she's saying. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like the fact that she is at least addressing issues that the African-American community um, hasn't had addressed by a president directly. I mean, it's always... Our, our issues are always, always addressed indirectly. And, and, um, and, and, you know, I will say this about, I mean, Warren's going after it direct in a direct way, even more so than Booker and, and Kamala Harris. So, I mean, I think that's why she's picking up a lot of the momentum. Um, but it's just going to be interesting how, you know, whether she can deal with, with Trump with 45, uh, especially um, with how she's handled, and and you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. Of course, I mean, I don't like the guy. I, I've never liked him going back to Central Park Five. 
So, you know, I'm not even in the ballpark when it comes down to considering him. But, you know, the way he handled her and dismissed her with that 40 with the Pocahontas thing. And, <laughs> and, and it's not, you know, and, you know, what do you say? I mean, it's so racist. It's so racist that, you know, anyway, bottom line is I just don't know how she can counter his tactics when it comes down to how he's dealt with her already. How do you think? Yeah. You think she he can she can overcome that? No, I don't. You know, when you start lying, <laughs> yeah. You know, and you start lying, and you know, I I feel very compassionate about lying about where you came from and about your DNA. You know, all that's very sensitive to me. And yeah. when I saw that. I'm just looking like you're first of all going to be questioned for that statement anyway. And if she didn't learn how Obama still till today, you know, they're still saying Obama wasn't born here, even with birth certificates and everything. So how in the hell would you think you're going to get treated? (laughs) You look like a little white lady who, you know, with, with nothing. And I think that that was, and what I think that that was a tactic to try to start to get the minority votes personally. And I also think that her going after it directly, that's her tactic. And then after that, she's going to go after Latinos and she's going to, she's going to keep going. And I think to get the black vote, to get the black vote is very smart, but to get black support is even, because that's the only way she's going to be able to get it because she can't get it with the white vote. She can't. She's, I mean, she can try, but not coming out talking about Pocahontas and stuff, that's over. Yeah. So that this has to be her next step. Yeah, but she is, I mean, you know, when when you look at, you know, of course, I mean, Cory Booker, <clears throat> Kamala Harris, they've all dealt, uh, even uh, Julian Castro. Um, he was talking about reparations probably before anybody, but it just seems that all of a sudden, if you were to ask people, <clears throat> excuse me, who came out with the reparations, at least the uh, putting it on the forefront nationally, they probably at this point say Warren. Uh, and of course, okay. you've got Sheila Jackson Lee, who is uh, pushing for uh, the research, which I, I do believe I, I do believe right now uh, there needs to be research done as to if reparations were paid, how it would be done. The research needs to be done right now. I don't believe Mitch McConnell. Well, I don't believe anything Mitch McConnell says, but (laughs) but even more so with what he's saying now, um, you know, he is, excuse me, he is without a doubt just pandering to the base. He doesn't care. I mean, you could tell he doesn't care about black voters because what he said this week was like, oh man, dude, I mean, that's part of, I mean, he does it. I don't know. It's hard. I, you know, there are black people in Kentucky, but at least you would say, well, you know, we'll see, you know, maybe the research part of it. But he just like dismissed the whole thing this week, which I thought was indicative. It's it's kind of like who he really is. Um, but, you know, as a politician, you know, that just shows me that he didn't care about blacks as part of his base. They don't care. Well, yeah. I feel like, you know, he's just following suit. Because none of these politicians, the, you know, the, the president doesn't give a shit about any of that. He doesn't care about no. any type of minorities. And yeah. I think he's just following suit because his tactic is going to be to get the voters that would usually vote for Trump. So now Trump, you know, everybody's mad at Trump and, you know, you know, they're, they're upset and Trump promised all this stuff and he didn't deliver. So now he wants to take those voters and those are the voters that allowed him and helped him win the presidents now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, by the way, uh, thanks for all that. And again, thank you, uh, Syracuse, Mike. Uh, we do news updates and kind of recap the week as much as, as best we can. Uh, but but I have another guy. Um, he his show's actually on uh, right after this show, uh, Shannon, and his name's Rob Redding. Uh, the 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 Weekend Review, uh, Rob Redding's News Review, um, and I want to play a snippet from his show. It's going to air right after us. Um, 
So uh, I want to play a snippet from Rob, and he kind of talks about the week, too. Here we go. I am not encouraged this week at all by what has happened, whether it is with the beginning of the week of O.J. Simpson and him being on Twitter. I don't feel good about it. I don't. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it because I know racism is still a problem. Racism is still an issue, and that's the issue, right? We talked about reparations and the fact that there was a discussion on Capitol Hill. There was a hearing on Capitol Hill, beautiful hearing, beautiful people, Julian Malveau, Cory Booker. We had a lot of people that were on Capitol Hill, Tanisha Colts and Sheila Jackson Lee, all talking about reparations. Wonderful conversation, but it's just that it's a conversation until something happens. Racism is still a problem, still an issue. And that's the question is what are we going to do, right? What are we going to do about racism? What are we going to do about discrimination? What are we going to do about the fact that sometimes we're willing to look the other way as a result of racism and discrimination and oppression? We're willing to look the other way so badly that we have a racist in office in President Trump who is faced with a crisis that affects all of us, right? With Iran, Iran, whatever you want to call it, and the strike that he called off, making decisions on behalf of everybody when he cannot be fair when he talks about Charlottesville, when he talks about trans bathrooms, or when he talks about the blacks, or when he talks about issues relative to minority communities like Muslims being here in this country. So what's interesting is that we have a man that wants to build walls and build borders and build up the things to keep people out or to keep people in. We are living in a time where racism is really rampant. And really a problem. So much so that we're willing to take one racist over another in Joe Biden. So this is how we start our weekend review today. Yeah, so um, Rob, Rob's uh, weekend review airs right after GP3 every week. And, and uh, you can listen to him actually uh, live or you can go to robredding.com if you, if you don't get it live. And he also has a daily show um, that actually airs, and you can also subscribe to his daily show. Yeah, but but Shannon, I mean, do you think he makes a good point about uh, you know that that America is willing to look the other way when it comes down to racism based on forty five being in office? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think a hundred percent. You know, I you know I, I can't wait to listen myself because yeah. absolutely yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he makes a good point with that, and and it's interesting, and I hate to say because because you know I know a lot of folks just aren't Biden fans, and and nor am I. I'm not a fan of Biden. Um, I've never considered him for the presidency, but I just need somebody to change the trajectory we're on now with this guy we got now, and. Whoever it takes to get him out, I'm I'm behind. And if it takes him, he's got the highest likelihood of, of winning the presidency, then, then I'll consider it. But but they make a good, you know, uh, but but Rob makes a good point, especially with, um, you know, the way Biden handled the whole segregationist talk this week. And and, uh, you know, are, are we getting more of the same, you know, so. So we'll see how that goes. But Rob Redding News Review comes on right after this show. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Hey, a, a little bit about um, uh, State of the Ward podcast. Uh, new podcast hosted by Shannon Marguerite. And and I guess you use what State of the Ward as kind of a play on, on Ward of the State when it, when yes. it comes down to the adoptees. <laughs> Um, yes, exactly. But, um, tell us a little bit about you and 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 about the podcast. I, I know it's it's out on SoundCloud right now, but tell us what's going on with the podcast. Right. So I'm I'm Shannon Marguerite, and um, I am a I was adopted, and in the adopting community, um, when you're adopted, you are referred to as an adoptee. So one of the things that the podcast I'm, you know, hoping to bring to it is a different perspective because a lot of times when people think about adoption or they think about, you know, people that they know that are adopted, there's a negative vibe with that. And there's it's, it's something negative. It's always associated with something negative, either, oh, that's so sad or, you know, at least you're here. And there's so many different 
viewpoints and so many different things. And I think being able to bring those out in a, in a, in a positive light, I'm not saying that everything on the podcast is always going to be happy go lucky. Mm -hmm. However, it's, it's an opportunity to view not just my perspective, but other people's perspective. So we can start bridging, you know, the gaps and the different things that affect adoptees and not just adoptees, because a lot of things that we're going to talk about are going to affect a lot of other people as well. Okay. So, so you've got, it, it's interesting, you know, I'm in that adoptee world, um, uh, you right. know, the, the adoptee category and you mentioned negative. Um, and, and it's interesting because you, you do have a lot of high profile adoptees and I, I can't think of any right away, but I know one being uh, Dave Thomas, who founded Wendy's. And I know he does a lot for the adoptee community through Wendy's, through the restaurant, uh, so on and so forth. And, and there are a lot of, um, I think, what's her name? Victoria Rowell um, from the Soaps. Um, you know, she uh, was an adoptee. Uh, Tiffany Haddish uh, spent spent time in foster care. So you, you have quite a few high-profile adoptees in 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 several communities, especially in the, in the African-American community. But why, why do you think it went negative? Is it, is it like back to Oliver Twist? <laughs> you know, the orphanage, well, you know, I, I, don't, I mean, because you're right. I mean, it could go good and it could go bad, depending. You know, the thing is, is that um, adoptees continue to face challenges. And wherever you have challenges, you have some type of negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that just the whole system in general, if it's foster care, if it's adoption, there's a whole bunch of different um, aspects that are associated with that. Mm -hmm. So as we become aware, so what I, what I personally think has happened is, you know, back in the eighties, seventies, sixties, and even fifties, there was adoption and you were kind of told not to say anything about adoption you know, not to comment about it, not to say anything. And I think what's happened now is that this is 2019 and the adoptees are now older Mm -hmm. and they're now starting to exercise their voice. And as we have children, we can see the implications and we can see the effects of not knowing your parents, of being, you know, having to deal with certain things that other people haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. So now that we're all working together and now that, you know, even when I talk to you or I talk to other adoptees, a lot of our stories and a lot of how we feel is different. And I always feel it's not necessarily I mean, it's not that to invalidate anybody's journey, Mm -hmm. but it's always to me. I look at the end result. The end result makes someone feel this way. We both got here different ways because everybody has their own story and everybody's story should be heard. Mm-hmm. and acknowledge however the end result is what the end result is feeling a certain way or not feeling a certain way or having an empty loss and what they say is once you once you lose your mother as a as as a child there's certain things that just occur to you there's certain things that's you know a loss that can never be filled mm-hmm. however my attitude is being able to do certain things that will you know, I'm not gonna say rid the void, but be able to allow you to cope and move on to have a positive, happy outlook in certain things in life. Okay. Well, you mentioned one thing uh, in that statement about older adoptees, and and it was. I mean, there was a stigma where you just would not acknowledge the fact that you were adopted. Okay. Right. So in a lot yeah. of cases, the whole family, nobody would mention it. I mean, your parents, your adopted parents, you were basically encouraged, don't ever tell anybody you're an adoptee. Is that different now where? Well, what I'm seeing now, what I'm seeing now is talk to your children about being adopted. But the thing is, is that when you go into households and, you know, the adoptee community, they have different groups and everything. And it's advised to tell your children because you know i had i had a mother adopted mother who told me my parents told me i was adopted but they Mm -hmm. told me when i was like two and i didn't understand but when you don't tell your child that they are adopted 
it's not just go and say, oh, you're adopted. It's being able to explain to them the situation and the truth of what you know without making them feel like an outcast and not treating them like they're less than your child. Mm -hmm. And I think the big, the big part here, the biggest, biggest part is that that's what has not happened before is that when you invalidate or you don't talk about a lot of times parents don't talk about the adoption because of, you know, it's to protect them. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, and it's not about, that's a very selfish thing. It's not about protecting the child. I mean, it's, it's about protecting the child. It's not about it's, to them, it's not about protecting the child. It's about protecting them. Yeah. And when you don't acknowledge a person's story and mm -hmm. a person's, you know, thing, you invalidate them completely. And I believe that that's what has happened. And that's what needs to cease. Cool. Cool. So, so tell people about your podcast. Um, you know, what, what's the, what's the focus of the podcast, the state of the ward podcast? So, um, the State of the War podcast is a play on the ward of the state. What many children prior to adoption are referred to before actually being adopted. So this podcast speaks to what happens after adoptions as many adoptees continue to face challenges. And at the State of the War podcast not only wants to focus on the challenges, but the positives and gives a voice and perspective. And the State of the War, um, we will entertain, inform, and inspire. And we will have a weekly podcast and we'll have special guests. We'll have certain individuals that have their own support groups. And we'll also just have positive, it's a, it's a positive focus, it's inspiration. So it's not just going to be adoptees, it's also going to be others' perspectives of what adoption actually means. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a mix of all of those things. Yeah, so, so it's not always um, just like the how-to or the, the educational. Uh, you just want to talk about anything from an adoptee perspective, maybe. Is that what right. we're looking at? I think you could go anywhere. So, right. So I think, <laughs> so I believe that, you know, I, and I contemplated on wanting to take that adoptee out. But however, mm -hmm. I believe that adoptees have been silenced for so long. I don't want to be a person that hits something over the head. Well, you know, I was adopted and I'm an adoptee and I'm an adoptee. Mm -hmm. But I believe that I look at things whenever I say something or something happens or, you know, my rationale is completely different. Yeah. And I know that my experiences have a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. However, I believe that being able to go through that is self-discovery mm -hmm. and being able to have an opportunity to share my perspective, I believe is honestly priceless. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So how can people get the show? There's, um, I mean, you've got the, what your first episode is, um, right is actually done right right the first episode is actually done and they can view that or they can hear that on soundcloud excellent good stuff good stuff so it's on yes. soundcloud uh people go to soundcloud search for state of the ward are you are you on Inst what instagram or through yes. social media yes yeah, state of the ward and then they can also um if you're on they're on facebook just type in Shannon Marguerite and State of the Ward will come up as well as Twitter. Okay, cool. Very cool. All right. So Shannon Marguerite, State of the Ward podcast. Um, thank you so much. Uh, you going to hang with me till I wrap this thing? <laughs> sure. Thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. Just hang on. Awesome. Just hang on. Mm -hmm. Just hang on. Anyway, uh, we're about to wrap. Um, make sure, uh, by the way, uh, and I'll make sure I have your information on the podcast page. Uh, in addition to that, um, you know, with the uh, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, especially different candidates, I'm going to have that on the podcast page as well. Um, when it comes down to looking at everything that happened with the presidential candidates, uh, I recommend people go to Ballotpedia and I'll make sure I have the Ballotpedia presidential candidates 2020 link there so you can go in and, and find out more about what's happening. In addition to that, uh, for our podcast, you can go to castropolis.net. Um, all of the podcasts are there. All the podcasts we support, curate, and, and help create, um, go to castropolis.net. We're on Instagram. 
at GP3 underscore homies. That's GP3 underscore homies on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, homies underscore GP3. You can find us on Spotify, Apple podcast, SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn Radio. And all you have to do is just search GP3 homies from the block. Also, uh, support the podcast you believe in and go to Patreon. Uh, that link is on castropolis.net as well. And just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. And 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 you like bi coastal, LA to Baltimore. Lord, so thank you so much. I know you. Thank you for having me. I know you've been traveling, so appreciate you jumping on the podcast. What are you in LA or where are you now? You know, it's funny because my plane just got into Baltimore and I had to think about what am I looking at? Am I looking in Los Angeles or is this Baltimore? Uh, but it's Baltimore. I'm in Baltimore now. <laughs> so which one do you like best? Baltimore or L.A.? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> I went to, yeah, that's a, you know, my family is here and then I have family in Los Angeles too, but my father and everything is in Baltimore and yeah. I'm starting to really root my seats in Baltimore. So I'd have to say both still. <laughs> okay, very cool. All right, well, with that, y'all, GP3 round 140 is in the can. Want to just thank you, say thanks uh, to State of the Ward podcast, the host, Shannon Marguerite. I'll make sure we have her information posted on the podcast. And Shannon, you got to come back. You want to come back to the show? Yes, thanks. I would love to come back. (laughs) When I got (laughs) together, I'm not in my summertime blues or summertime, (laughs) whatever you call this. Uh, Yes, I will be back if you invite me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope to have you back. And and with that, y'all, GP3 round 140 is in the can. And we out of here. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SBDG, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.